0: If there's one thing you walk away you take this, I'm like, thumbs up.
1: Light is truth. Heavy is false. All right, well, welcome back to Letting It All Hang Out. As always, it's Haley Kalani, and this podcast is about bringing together a community of badass individuals that make me want to get out and live life to the fullest. And today's guest is Joanna Vargas. He's a powerhouse entrepreneur right out of high school. Joanna never worked a corporate job and actually chose the path less traveled. So, using her keen street smarts and with zero professional business training, she created JV Dance Studio by the time she was 24 and built that business to 700 students. As a true serial entrepreneur, Joanna sold that dance studio and prepared to design her next move in which she created the Fit Factor Studio, a wildly successful brick and mortar fitness studio catering to women, their mindset, and living fully. In that process, Joanna's own work-life philosophy, built on the principles of asking better questions and getting really curious about life, inspired her to make the choice to close the physical doors and go completely virtual with the Live Fully Academy. So now she serves women all over the world with her three F's, form, fundamentals, and fun. She is a new thought leader for Gen X and millennial women and the Get Up Girl is her latest creation to surpass her upper limits and expand energetically to avenues she hasn't discovered yet. So without further ado, hello Joanna.
0: Haley, what's up? I'm ready to let it all hang out. Let it all hang out.
1: Yes. Oh, thank <laughs> I'm you for so having me. We're gonna have fun. Yeah, no, we're gonna have fun. Yes. So I feel like I just spewed out a lot of words and a thousand foot view of who you are but I'd love to hear from you how the heck you like wound up in this position in the first place like what were you like as a kid because your energy level is already up here like it's exciting I can tell that you love to have a good time in your (laughs) daily life and I can't imagine as a kid that was just tenfold so how has like your childhood and everything that you loved then sort of translated into what you do now Haley, you know what's interesting? I was actually opposite of who I am today. So the
0: person that you see today has been a work in progress, so to speak, or play in progress and getting to that journey. And so when I was young, I was pretty quiet. I was very inquisitive. I was very organized and very different than who I am. But you know what, Haley, what I now can see in retrospect, it was I was trying to fit into a box. I was trying to be the good girl. I was in that family where, you know, you be quiet, you don't talk. You know, I had a dad that was pretty strict not strict as in like we couldn't go out or do things but strict as in like here's the rules you have to be a good person you have to be quiet so I can see that when I started to become about 11 12 I started to rebel not rebel as in like I wasn't a bad kid in school I would rebel against like rolling my eyes to my parents and just knowing that this is not who I am so I was looked as the problem child and my sister I guess she um she kind of knew how to play the part (laughs) <laughs> and so with, with that, Haley, it led me on a journey of self-discovery. And I'm so glad and I'm, I, I'm blessed with the courage that I had to choose a path less traveled. And I think that's, I know that's my superpower. And what I've noticed, Haley, is that a lot of my clients, they choose that later on in life. Like I call it the quarter life crisis. You know, you're in your thirties, you're in corporate and you're like, screw this, I'm out of here. Or you get a divorce and you're like, what am I doing with my life? I had that moment at 17 or even earlier where I was like, what am I doing? So it looked to everybody else like I was cuckoo crazy. Like, what is this girl doing? Get it together. You know, everybody else was robots, secretly unhappy. Where I was, it wasn't the secret. I was unhappy loudly. So everybody around me told me I was bipolar. I was crazy. Let's put you on medicine. Let's, you know, all that, all the cliches, right? And I knew I wasn't crazy. I was just choosing a different path so with that it led me to i remember tony robbins i got the cds like back i don't even know it was like 1999 or something i got the sixth (laughs) cd and i listened to it over and over and then i went to go see him in person that led to the next thing and that led to the next thing and then that led to the next thing and there was this like grit i was like i am going to find happiness i knew that there that there was happiness right so going back to what you said, the energy that I have today, it has been discovered. Mm. And that's that's
1: that's it. That's who I am. That's fucking powerful. Because I think Oh, I like you, Haley. <laughs> 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 I think so many fucking powerful. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and I was genuinely surprised to hear that it was actually the exact opposite because it feels so natural now coming from you. And obviously that took a lot of work and time and effort into figuring out or discovering using the word that you said of who you actually are and who you meant to be and what truly makes you happy on the inside. For you, it was such a blessing that it came so early. And it's so funny that to everybody else, it's like, oh, it's this rebel kid. But that kid lives inside all of those other unhappy people who are the age of, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60, even sometimes. And it's like, why, why do we keep suppressing that kid that's like screaming to come out? And it's like, well, if I'm so unhappy, why can't I just change that? What's your perspective on that? I think we overall,
0: what is more important to us is to be liked and accepted. That's like number one. I think the courage that I have is that I'm willing to not be liked. I'm willing to be the lone wolf. I am willing to be, you know, the unicorn out of people because, you know, um, I'm a Latina, I'm in my 40s, I'm not married, never been married, no kids. I mean, that is like the cliche of, you know, not what is normal, right? Yeah. And business owners since I was 17 and didn't have a nine to five. I mean, I could go on and on. And but I had the courage to choose different. And I think what happens is that what is more important, our values, or we're afraid to be different. And, and what we're taught as young children is not to be wrong, Haley, because as two to three-year-olds, they could care less if they're wrong, because I've taught in dance to three-year-olds. And if you ask them a question, everybody raises their hand. I know it, I know it, and none of them have the answer. They don't know, <laughs> but they don't care. They don't care. It's like, whatever, they could care less. That I'm like, thank you, that's not the answer, but next, they're like, whatever. (laughs) What is the age where we start to care? Because I would teach different ages in dance and I would say like seven or eight, they start to care. right? We start to put on these layers of bullshit that we buy from our adults and we buy it like jackets. We put them on, we put them on, we put them on, but we're taught that the worst thing on the planet is to be wrong. So I'm not gonna raise my hand because if I'm wrong, Then it's the worst thing. And I feel like our whole lives, we're trying everything not to be wrong. Mm -hmm. And the minute, Haley, that we clear that, like literally clear it, like we just get a bulldozer and clear it. And you might have to clear it a gazillion times, clear it, clear it. And you're willing to be wrong. But here's the thing, Haley, you're never going to be wrong. You can't be wrong. I think once you get that, you're never wrong. You've never been wrong. You are not wrong. And you can never be wrong. You're not wrong. And once you truly, like, really get that, oh, then who cares? Because I'm never going to be wrong. I can't choose wrong. It's just a choice. But we're so afraid of being wrong,
1: which is such bullshit. So
0: that's what I think about that.
1: Uh, Yeah, you're so right, too, because not only has society put these pressures on us to not speak out if we think we're right because we don't want to be wrong but also it's just human nature like we want to fit in so bad whenever by the time we were were born we know we're pack animals like we want to be part of something else and if we're wrong or if we look different or if we try something that's out of the norm then we're not going to be part of that pack anymore Mm -hmm. and that's terrifying to anybody but like to our specific, down to a neurological level, like our body gets terrified yes. from it. And that's really what stops us from actually pushing through that barrier. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, how can we remind ourselves that being wrong, first of all, isn't a thing? Mm-hmm. You, there's always learning moments. We can always curate an identity for ourselves of being a learner and being curious and just going with the flow. And if we fail, who gives a fuck? Like, yeah, we're, there, there's things. no point in time where you won't fail. Yeah, you will always yeah, and like something.
0: Can we fail Haley? Like I wonder, if is failing even a thing? Ooh. Like, is it a made up thing that we bought? Like I said, the jacket, is, is failing a jacket that we bought when we were six? And we're still wearing that fucking jacket. It's like, return that jacket. How many times have you bought something on Amazon, Target, I mean, whatever? You don't like it, what do you do? Well, I hope you return it. <laughs> Unless you're gonna yeah. keep it and you're gonna be a pack rat and a hoarder. So right now we're pack rats and hoarders of all this bullshit that we've purchased when we were six, seven, eight, nine, 10. Yesterday, five Mm -hmm. minutes ago, our minds are hoarded with junk. So when I say clear, we gotta clear. It's just like your house. Clear it, we're gonna have a yard sale, we're gonna sell some stuff, we're gonna get rid of it. Get rid of it.
1: Mm -hmm. It's
0: not the truth, it's not yours. Mm -hmm. Return it, give it back, it is not yours. And this is something that has helped me knowing, Oh, that's not mine. Yeah. Oh, Oh, that's not mine. Oh, okay. But we think it's ours because we bought it so long ago that this jacket becomes us and it's reminding us. Yeah. Like having fun with it. Haley, I have fun with it. I'll be in the shower and I'm thinking something like so ridiculous. Right. And I'll be like (gasps) out loud. Oh, that's not mine. (laughs) Oh, Joanna. You're so funny girl. That's not yours. Yeah. return that and then it's like so light and funny mm-hmm. and so that that's a muscle to be built just like a bicep you build it you build it to to make it light and fun and like oh that's not mine yes because we think Haley, it's ours we think all of our points of views we think everything is ours
1: mm-hmm. and when like, you yeah. talked about this specific concept of like we this we chose to spend the token and we chose failure or we chose fear essentially of being wrong or being part of not part of the norm what are the little things that we actually use to buy into those like what are something that we can remember oh this is a trigger for me giving into the idea of being quote unquote wrong is not okay. Like what, what happens when we do that? Like what are we actually using to buy that into that silly philosophy of like, oh, you know, you should be afraid of being wrong. Yeah. God, that's a great question. I think it's going back to what you talked about
0: being part of the tribe. It's in our DNA to be part of the tribe, because if not thousands of years ago, we would be ostracized from a tribe and you'd be the lone wolf. And I'm here
1: to tell you there's other lone wolves where you can get together. But uh, that's a tough one. It seems like it's maybe ego. Like we're giving a little bit Mm. of of our ego away in order to feel better momentarily or something. Yeah. Yes. And I think when it feels icky, you know that icky feeling? Oh yeah. It's
0: not us. Mm -hmm. Because true happiness feels light and expansive. Like right now, I'm laughing and fun. That's happiness. And when I feel icky, for example, where I'm like fighting for something or like justice and... Ugh, like that doesn't feel good it's usually like I'm fighting it's like whoa whose is that right so I'm gonna say this Haley so anybody if there's one thing you walk away and you take this I'm like thumbs up light is truth heavy is false if it feels light and expansive in your life, woo that, you know, that feeling when you're like, oh my gosh, life is so good. That's the truth. That's your real Haley. That's your real Joanna. That's your real inner being. And when it feels icky and heavy and like, Ugh, but I'm fighting for my life. There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's something false there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's when the questions come in. Like, what is this? Whose is this? Cause I bought it and it feels heavy and ugly. So if that's one thing you could take away, hey, write that one down, everybody write
1: that one down. (laughs) Yeah, timestamp right here. Yes, Yeah. Uh so crucial to remember. And I I think too that there are some people who aren't at that point yet and they're getting there, they're getting to the point where they're starting to return all of that bullshit that they bought. And- they step, they take that next step into whatever journey that whatever mountain that they're starting to climb. Every mountain, you know, you're gonna slip a little bit, you're gonna fall, you're gonna get a little scraped up. And when that happens, I think because it's such a fragile portion in the beginning healing stages, that it's like, well, was this all for nothing? Does it really work? Do I have enough energy to keep moving forward? Mm. And you know, this is honestly a perfect segue. You you have a specific process for like dealing with failure and really getting over some hurdles. And I'd love to hear what steps people can take when they do face that brick wall to shatter it and, or just go around it. Right. Like we think it's something crazy that we have to face and bust through, but a lot of times it's just looking at it from a different perspective. Yeah. Haley, it's like building a
0: six pack or, you know, muscles. You're, I don't know anybody who's going to have a six pack after one set of crunches. Right. Right. So the same thing is building this new muscle and just so much grace, like chill out. If it's heavy and you're like, forget it, this doesn't work, then it's false. There's something not working. Keep going towards the lightness. Keep going towards the light. So with that, I have a three-step process. It's like so simple, Haley, that it's difficult. (laughs) So I do want to preface it. You know what I mean? It's like, Joanna, that sounds too simple. But I've been kind of like playing with this for about five to six years, and it is such a habit now. It's like I don't know any other way. And it has literally saved my life. I've done everything from Tony Robbins to jumping out of airplanes, walking on fire, you name it, I have done it. I have done the class, I have done the retreat. And I, this is the holy grail. Like this works because the other stuff is kind of cliche and you'll you'll hit a cap. So the first thing is I, I ask a question. Okay. When we go into like solidarity, when something's solid, that's when heaviness shows up. For example, let's say we go into fear. Something, the pandemic happens and we go right into fear and we write the end of the movie. This is gonna happen and this is gonna happen and oh my gosh, and it sucks and it sucks and it sucks. That's a conclusion. That's like taking a glass and you put a cap on it and you go, there's the answers. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, when you ask a question, you remove your hand from the cup and now God, life, universe, whatever you call he, she, it can give you awareness when you ask a question. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay.
0: So when you go, Oh my God, this sucks. What am I going to do? And that energy of like, it, now you ask a question and an easy question to remember. I actually want to get this tattooed on me, but it's,
1: yeah.
0: yeah. How does it get any better than this? how does it get any better than this? And you can ask it when things are amazing and you can ask it when things are crappy. Mm -hmm. So for example, you had the best sex of your life and you're like, ooh, how does it get better than this? Let's say the pandemic happens. You're like, ooh, how does it get better than this? Mm -hmm. Because what happens is you ask life, how does it get better? And we're taught, Haley, as young children, as adults, to take what you get be appreciative with what you have and don't ask for more. Like don't ask for more, Haley, be a good person. You know, like screw that. Ask for more. And I want little kids to do that. And I want this from Santa and I want this and I want this and I want this by doing that, by going, how does it get better? And how does it get better? And how does it get better? And how does it get better? That's step one. Okay. Mm -hmm. Step two is don't answer it. That's what we're going to want to do. Our logical brain is going to want to answer it. So step two is don't answer it and get curious. Authentically, genuinely, like a young child, curious. How does it get better than this? Do you feel the energy of like, how does it? Even I get goosebumps when I think, how does it get better? How does it get better? Rather than like, how does it get better than this? God, why is this happening? You see the difference of energy? Like I'm asking a question. Well, hey, So a how question and a what question. What can I do right here? What is this? Whose is this? How can I change it? How can I shift it? Step two, don't answer it. Get curious. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And then step three is pause and wait for life to give you the awareness. And sometimes the awareness is smack dab in your face. And sometimes it's a whisper Mm -hmm. and you have to trust. And I think that's where people get mixed up. Oh, Joanna, this question thing is stupid. It doesn't work. I'm not getting any answers. And it's like, because you have to build the muscle to hear the whispers. And you're like, oh my God, there it is. So Haley, for example, I had, I was an, I had the love of my life. I really thought I met him. We were mm-hmm. together for three years. We lived together. It was like phenomenal. Okay, and together we would ask questions together. That was like our thing. So the whole relationship, I was like, how does it get better than this? And he'd go, how does it get better? And we'd text each other, it was really cute. And out of the blue, he breaks up with me. Oh. And it was like, what? Now here's the thing, I just met a new gentleman and it's better, Haley. There you go. Than I can ever fucking imagine. It's better. Now it doesn't always come, the whispers—it doesn't always come the way you think. Because when I was with him, I thought, "How does it get better with him?" Right. And life is like, "Oh, you want better? I'm gonna send you better." Talk about faith. And I was like, "Okay, how does it get better?" And then with him, how does it get better than him? Who knows? Maybe it's somebody else. I mean, who knows what this person's gonna look like? Maybe the next one is an elephant. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to be funny. But like, I can't. I can't put words to it. I can't describe it. It just. And people go what it got better because if they knew that relationship before they're like oh my god he was amazing and now i'm like i'm calling on my friends oh my god it's better you have to meet him it's better yeah so that is my step process now it took a year from when he broke up for me to get the awareness and meet him but it's faith and i know and i know it's better but we're taught that it can't get better he was the best i'm never gonna fight anybody blah 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 Bullshit. I call BS because that's a jacket Haley that somebody put on that said Oh, you only get one love of your life and you only get whatever the stories are, you know, all these like rules You're only gonna have one person and one soulmate and I'm like I call BS What if I have 30,000 soulmates and I have a hundred men, you know what I mean? Like whatever whatever
1: it looks like and That's it It's so crazy to think how much trust we just have to put in ourselves and everything outside of ourselves too like the universe life whatever you want to call it like you said just trusting that what needs to happen will happen and that is such a hard thing for people to let go of Mm -hmm. you know because we want to be in control of like everything Mm -hmm. and we want to know exactly what's coming and when it's coming and our brain is predicting the future all the time and saying what what's going to happen what's going to happen and when we just shut up Uh yep and ask, you know, we ask that question, we shut up and just wait and trust that what will happen will happen. It happens. And just, and I think such a key point to your story was that one, it was great. And then it got even uh, better. better, but yes. it happened over a period of time where I'm sure you went through shit during that year. At oh, 30. hell yeah. I was in
0: so much shit.
1: <laughs> it was yeah.
0: not fun. It sucked.
1: Let's get real. It's yes. yes, and to trust that, like, oh, like, why, wow, how, and again, how can it get better? Even you, you had the positive moment of how can it get better, and then at your lowest moment, you probably asked yourself the same thing. So then, boom, it happens. Yeah. And I think that it's just the the waiting, the being patient the wanting to control it's like uh-huh. how do we practice more patience and for me that happened i I've, I've always been really impatient as a kid i wanted stuff you know right now and i think with social media and society revving up faster and faster each year we get things so quickly we get instant gratification all of the time but that's not how life works so for me one of the things that i practiced with Patience was mindfulness, meditation, but there's so many things that we can do to practice patience. And what is some stuff that you recommend? One mantra
0: or saying I have is I am control, I'm not in control. See the difference in that? That can clear. Let's talk about clearing again. I am control, I'm not in control. And I say that I am control. It doesn't sound incorrect grammar, who cares? I am control. I am control, but I'm not in control. And that was, I am control for that year. Those are some of the things I do. Oh gosh, walking, meditation, trusting, and having the whispers and then seeing it and going, oh, okay, I trust. I think once you see it and experience it, then you're like, okay, this stuff is for real. But sometimes if you don't, then you're like, oh, it's harder to believe. Yeah, gosh, that's a tough one because it's like, God, what people want to hear the good carrot answer, the carrot dangle answer, and I'm like, mm, it yeah. is a muscle that exactly.
1: I exactly. I, I like that you say that too because it's so true. We we want to hear the answer that is shiny and pretty, and we're like, oh, fun! Yes. I can try that. I can do <laughs> that, and yeah. we don't want to hear, hey, it's gonna take years of fucking work. Like,
0: yeah, like I not sell, now. right, Haley? <laughs> <He's> like <laughs> like the, my magic pill. Right. The title of the podcast, like my on my podcast, I have to title it in a way that make people listen to it. Because if I really titled it, click here to listen now, it's going to take two years to change your life. <laughs> Ain't nobody want to hear that. Right. <laughs> but it's like, we got to dangle that carrot to get somebody's attention until you're there. you are like, I don't need that clickbait for me to look at something. Yeah. You know, so I think it's that journey in getting there.
1: I want to switch gears real quick to something that goes back to what you're talking about with failure and overcoming obstacles, because you mentioned in the beginning, you are single Latina woman in her 40s, like have gone through a lot of stuff to get up into this moment and being happy with yourself and confident and comfortable and excited about life. When you first started your, I mean, multiple businesses and events and all that stuff, getting into the business and entrepreneurial world, it's a typically male dominated space. Yeah. And if not, all, uh, well, I should say, in addition to a predominantly white space. So like, what Ooh. was it like going through the entrepreneurial business? I don't wanna say ladder, I should just say doors as a Latina woman and like, what struggles wow. did you face and how did you deal with that? Cause it, externally, I would just be angry and <laughs> I wouldn't know how Ooh. to <laughs> Haley,
0: great question and the way that you set it up. Because when I started my journey, it was in the mid nineties and it was very different than it is now. Meaning like right now it's like hashtag girl boss and it's really sexy to be a you know, female <laughs> entrepreneur and real cute. You know That wasn't back in the day. Okay, you know, like pioneers, right? And uh, here's my point of view. I had to get really okay with being called a bitch.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah, I had to get okay with it. And I have a great story. I, when I had my dance studio, there was this male teacher and, you know, I run a tight ship. I'm really fun and outgoing, but when I'm in my leadership role, I, I run a tight ship mm-hmm. and he accidentally texted me. He thought he was texting his girlfriend, but he texted me accidentally calling me a bitch. Like, Oh, uh-huh. the bitch is making me stay late or something to that oh <laughs> nature. God. And I laughed, you know, I went and I looked at him cause he was at the studio <laughs> where we were, you know, yes. so I get the text. I look at him. And you could see his face turned white. Oh, my. And I did this with my finger. And I could feel, you know, the the knowing, the awareness of, Joanna, handle this with grace. Because mm. he's scared already. You don't have to add fuel to the fire. So I walked outside and I said something like, oh, so I'm a bitch. Cha. Huh? Okay, well, this is your last day. Thank you so much. And it was so, and he just went like, his jaw dropped. Because oh. I could feel like he wanted me to fight or defend myself Mm -hmm. the moral of the story is to each their own Mm -hmm. a strong woman is a bitch and and really let's think about it a bitch is just a female dog Mm
1: -hmm. we give it
0: so much meaning and so much validity and what if it's just a word right Mm -hmm. and when that started to happen and i could laugh about it and go yeah i can choose bitch and yeah i can choose sweet i'm all of it Haley. Like, if I'm like, I'm always nice, that's exhausting because Joanna's not always nice. Sometimes I could choose bitch. So if you call me that, it doesn't hurt my feelings. I don't have to fight. I don't have to defend. But going back to the male space, many times I had to choose in meetings. Like, let's say I'm in meetings and uh, I'm talking to a city because I'm doing an event at a city and I'm like, all right, Joanna, are you ready? You're going to say something that they may not like. And are you willing to receive their eye rolls, their whatever it is, and then move into it? That's one thing. The next thing is, Haley, right now about 35% of businesses and probably even more now are owned by females in the United States.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But here's the thing. Guess how much of the revenue is made by men as compared to women? Ooh, I don't even want to hear the answer. <laughs> I know it's going to be I know. Haley, you don't even want to know. Men make 96% of the revenue. When I heard that, I teared. I cried a little bit. Oh my God. It might change now because a lot of things are changing, but this was, I think, the end of 2018. 4% of the 35% is made by women. So even though we're like, yay, hashtag girl boss, and we're all lying to ourselves because we could barely make our money. And what is it? I think it's a combination of so many things. And also, Haley, I think it's because we also, we keep the, what is it? The glass, the yeah. ceiling glass. We keep, like I think glass we keep our ceiling. own. Thank you. We keep our own glass ceilings to ourselves. Meaning, Haley, you're my friend. I call you up and you're a hairdresser. And I'm like, Haley, hey, can you give me a discount? We want to pay our friends, our girls, less money. Instead of like, I'm going to pay you more money. Med would never do that. Mm -hmm. Men are like, Hey, give me a discount. I mean, I'm just, that's an interesting point of view on my point, but, but what we're doing it to ourselves. Yeah. Okay. And we're lying and we're not talking about money. So I am purposefully Haley in male dominated business groups because they talk about money. Like it's nothing. Like it's like, I asked you, what time is it? And you're like four 30. It's like no big deal. But in female dom, dominated groups if I ask you okay what was your revenue last year you have to give me a whole story yeah it's not like telling the time well that's right just tell me what was your revenue but in men they're like oh my revenue last year was quarter million dollars and this year I'm projected to go half a million whatever it is it's like okay yay next but females you have to give a whole presentation it's like what is that and Haley little side note I was studying this the other day and I think we're a sex-deprived nation or people that we're sex-deprived. We don't, we don't put enough value in sex and pleasure and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So I had this sex coach and pleasure coach on one of my calls. Mm-hmm. And she was saying, it's, it's a fact that when we have more pleasure and more sex, that we actually have more power, we feel better, we ask for more money, we make more money, we do better in business. And I wonder if women are more disconnected with sex than men are Mm -hmm. and I wonder if that's a correlation of why they do ask for more money or they do step into that power of the money energy and that's just something I was like intrigued on I'm like "Mm, I wonder because do they Uh, masturbate, you know, more often than we do. I mean, let's get real.
1: Right. And like they don't have as much, you know. Oh yeah. I mean, you can keep on. I I was just thinking like, you're so right. And it's so interesting to me that women, I mean, our society is over sexualized, but what you're just saying, which is so true is the, our actual pleasure as women is barely (laughs) existent. And it's like, okay, what the fuck is going on? Oh, OMG. Are, so men are just benefiting off of this, our, our, our sexuality and like, you know, masturbating or whatever. And that's helping them feel more powerful and ask for these things and be more upbeat or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. And we are unsatisfied to a core. So we somehow feel like we're less than and don't deserve to ask those things. That's mind blowing. Mind blowing. Haley,
0: I mean, I could go on and on because let's even go to the fathers. I had a father that was very open. He was like, I have daughters, but I, I want my daughters to have great, great sex, but that's not normal for a father to say, right. You know, most fathers are like, my daughter's not going to date until she's 30. She's going to be a nun and you know, whatever that's normal for a father to say. So imagine growing up think, knowing that your father doesn't want you to have sex so that plays in your role. So then you feel shame around sex. You feel shame around pleasure. Pleasure equals money equals energy. You know, and I was always brought up to have pleasure when it came to sex. So I am very open when it comes to sex. And I'll be in groups and I'm like, oh, yeah, Ooh, look at that. Oh, yeah, that woman. She's gorgeous. Oh, yes. Oh, look at her ass. You know, whatever it is. And most women, they want to, they lean in, but they're still like, oh,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Oh my God. That's like taboo. And isn't it interesting how you said, Haley, that we're so over-sexualized yet we're still so deprived. What
1: is the disconnect? Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I really think if we had more pleasure in sex, I think women, we would make more money. Oh my gosh. Oh hell yeah. Imagine if we had orgasms every day. There's women that don't even ever have orgasms.
1: Like let's get real. Oh my God. That blows my mind. I- I'm like speechless right now. Uh, th- this is a topic that I get really <laughs> fired up about. Not in, not in a way that's like angry, but it's just so like, how did we get here? How did we get here? And realistically, I sort of know how we got here. Hello, men have sort of ruled this society ever since, uh, well, continue to. And we've been trained, we've bought in, like you were saying yes. before, we've put on all these codes, we've believed that. Other people can sexualize us, but we can't be sexual. Touche. Fucked up. Yep.
0: Fucked up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah.
1: Oh. And I think it's so powerful now that you specifically help women feel more powerful, especially in business, getting into like, girl, ask for that raise or get out and start your own business. If you feel like you're not being heard, run with your own idea. see what the fuck happens like deal with consequences be a bitch like whatever you need to do to shift your mindset to get into that lioness role do it yeah
0: amen Mm -hmm. side note i do want to recommend there's a great book and it's called pussy it is phenomenal and it's written by i think like a doctor but she really talks about gaining that word back because we don't like to say that word you know as a whole like oh that don't use that word pussy and i'm like i got a pussy and my pussy is Glorious, right? <laughs> but we don't talk like that. Men are like, yeah, you know, their penis, they're this, whatever. But yes. us, we're like, oh no, it's our, it's our this, it's our that. Girl, you know, like breathe into it. Mm-hmm. We can create life, and we play small. And it's like, so that book changed my life. Like I use that word all now with like love, like mm, yeah, my pussy, my this. But watch, I bet you women that are listening to this are like cringing as I say that word. Oh, totally totally cringing, right? Or like, oh, we shouldn't say that word. And it's interesting how men will call that word to other men to diminish them. And I'm like, you are calling them the greatest thing on this planet. Legit. Right? You were just calling them a queen, amazing, life-giving force. You're calling them a pussy. So men, if you ever call the pussy, say, thank you. Mm -hmm. That's right. I am. Thank you. Right? Isn't that interesting? We think that we're diminishing. And I'm like, call him a pussy all day long. It's the greatest thing on this planet. Mm -hmm. And I, once women, we, we
1: receive that you will make more money. Mm -hmm. It is the life giver. And we can never forget that. Like we are capable of so, 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 so much. And if you, so I guess to wrap this up, because this was a perfect, perfect way to go into this question, which is If you were to give a piece of advice to a woman listening today, what would it be to step into their true power and start that journey of pure confidence, pure fearlessness, and get into the habit of training that muscle, returning all of the bullshit stuff that we bought into?
0: Wow. I can say 1 million things, but I'm going to choose one. And the first thing I would start with, it's like step one, is imagine daily. Like you can sit in meditation, you could pray, you can lie down, but imagine daily that you are bringing your walls and barriers down. Because we are taught, Haley, to bring them up to protect ourselves. And actually that doesn't protect ourselves. But we are so ingrained of boundaries and this and that a boundary is something on the floor it's down there Mm. but a wall is up here and we've created so many walls barriers and it creates separation Mm. have you ever talked to somebody Haley, and you just feel like oh right you're just like oh and then other people when their walls and barriers down they invite you in it's that feeling of like oh my gosh i love that girl she is so cool it's that feeling because her walls and barriers are down she's like here i am and it's a muscle to do daily. Like, so what I like to do is I'll just like, you know, sit in meditation. And I just imagine walls and barriers down, walls and barriers. Down. And all of a sudden I soften. Now we think walls and barriers down means that we're a pushover and that we're a doormat. Mm-hmm. Mm. It actually makes you more powerful. Trust me. It makes you more powerful. And then I imagine, Haley, that I'm expanding out energetically. Mm-hmm. Like I am just like as big as this universe. i Imagine like Joanna's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger bigger like she's a bat, and then I'm like, okay, come back. Let's go. That's what I do. Boom. And that's actually more inviting and you have more power than when your walls are up and you're fighting people and it's like, you are going to get nothing done, girl. And that's step one. I would say do that and watch your life change. If you did that for every day of a year and you are not a pushover, that doesn't mean people can take advantage of you.
1: Heck no, you still speak what you would like clearly to others. That's amazing. Walls down, but energy out. And really when Amen. you get energy out, you feel more unstoppable, but you're open and comfortable with people. And then when you need to set those boundaries, you set those boundaries and you speak Amen. it how it is, baby. Amen. Mm-hmm. Cause Haley, we're trying to expand out and like get bigger. But with our walls
0: up, so what happens is that's when we feel like, like you're all tight and like, no, you can expand expand out when you have walls up. Physically, you can't. You yeah. put them down,
1: expand out, more powerful. God, that's such a perfect way to end. Thank you, you know. so much, Joanna, for being here and just having an explosive, energetic conversation. I. I'm so happy about where our conversation wound up because I think some of the stuff that we talked about, especially for women is so important. A lot of people in the entrepreneurial space need to hear that uh, men included. So this was a beautiful, and where (laughs) can people find you? What do you got coming up and that you can share with our listeners?
0: Well, Haley, this was such a pleasure. I mean, you're really good at what you do. You're a good interviewer. And uh, everybody can find me at on Instagram. I live there at Joanna Vargas Official. DM me. Let me know what you took away from today. I would love to hear from you. And also on my website at thegetupgirl.net.
1: And check out my podcast. I talk about all this kind of stuff on my podcast on The Get Up Girl. Amazing. I will link everything in the description. And it has been a wonderful pleasure. And I will talk to you soon, Joanna. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Letting It All Hang Out. I sincerely hope that you enjoyed it and learned a thing or two. And as always, I know I did. I'd love to hear your thoughts and start a conversation with you. So feel free to send me a voice message right here on Anchor. Or you can send me a message on any of my social media platforms at Haley Kalani. That's H-A-Y-L-E-E-K-A-L-A-N-I. Much love to you all. Until next time, stay well.